0: We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at
1: www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message.
0: Are some messages that God gives me that I wait all week in anticipation to preach, and this message is one of them. I'm always excited to deliver God's word, but there's always some specific messages that I know are an in-season word for our church, and I believe today, if you would open up your hearts, open up your minds, that God is going to speak to each and every one of us here today. Would you, do you believe that with me? Yes. Amen. I want to welcome each and every one of you here today, and then also those listening on our podcast from around the United States and all over the world, welcome to Fuel Church. We've been in a collection of talks here rallying around the Christmas story, and today I want to dive into a verse in the Bible that I believe is really an anchor scripture for those who are Christ followers. It's found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Check it out. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God is with us. They will call him Emmanuel, God is with us. That's the title of my message today is Emmanuel, God with us. Can you say that with me? Emmanuel, God with us. One more time, Emmanuel, God with us. For those who are Christ followers in here, it's very easy to believe and trust in God when everything is going good. It's very easy to trust in a God when you're on the mountaintop of life, when you just got the raise, when you just got the promotion, when your loved ones come to know Christ. Uh, It's very easy to trust God when you're on that mountaintop. When your kids start to act halfway normal, It's easy to trust God. When when you go to Macy's and you get the first parking spot during Christmas season, it's easy to trust God. The Lord's favor is on me. And then you walk in and all of a sudden, Betty gets on the intercom. Her name's Betty. She gets on the intercom and says, attention, Macy shoppers, for the next 30 minutes, 80% off on the whole store. You go crazy saying, the Lord is good, his favor and grace is shining on me. Amen? It's easy to trust God when everything's going good. It's easy to trust him when we sense his presence upon our lives, we just came out of a time of worship and some of us sensed the presence of God and it brought us comfort and assurance and it's so easy to trust God when we feel his presence is near and it's easy to trust God in these mountaintop moments, is what I call them, our mountaintop moments with God and it seems like everything is falling into place. Everything is snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. Come on, somebody. But... It's so difficult, it's so difficult to sense God's presence and to trust him when you find yourself in the valley. When you find yourself in that low place in life, when you get the bad news that you thought you would never get, when, when you feel all alone around the holidays, When you're walking through this valley of life when the pain seems to be unbearable. When the hurt from others seems like it's going to take you out. It's hard to trust God when we're walking through the valley when we feel like everyone is against us. And we feel like we made another bad decision upon another bad decision. Why did I do it? I said I wasn't going to do it again. And I'm back to the same rut. I'm stuck in the same rut, the same addiction, and I said I was done with it. Talking about the valley times of life. We all face them. And today I want to talk to you about how God is with you in the valley. God is with you. I came to encourage you today. I'm going to lay a foundation and then I'm going to preach. I'm going to scream a little bit. It's because I'm excited. I just want to warn all the first-time guests, I feel a preach coming on like I did first service. So don't get scared. Don't get nervous. The preacher's not mad. He's excited. <laughs> I'll preach it. Where is God in the valley? So often, our lives seem to be on the mountaintop for the most part. Let's see if you can identify, like... like Everything's going real good, except this one or two things are—they're stuck in the valley. Like, like, like everything seems to be lining up, but this thing right here—I can't get out of the valley with this, with this person, with this job, with this mer- it, with these ki- these kids. I want to send them to heaven early, and tell God something. Ha- God, take them. I can't take, I can't deal with them anymore. <laughs> Come on, every parent can identify. And, 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 and we, all, we all find ourselves on the mountaintop for the most part, but then we find ourselves in the valley with, with a few things that just keep creeping up in our lives. Mountaintop valley, and it, it can put us on this emotional roller coaster. And uh, I found myself there in 2013. We were living in New Jersey. My wife and I were um, pastors there of, of uh, 1,500 students every weekend came out youth and young adults, and, and we were blessed to, to see God move in just such an amazing way there. We're at a very large church, but we, our influence spread through the whole Northeast, and we would do a conference every year for students and, 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 and youth, and it was called the Fuel Student Conference, and actually, that conference is coming to our church next November, and um, yeah, so anyway... We did it in the Northeast for seven years, and then this past year was our last time, and now we're bringing it here, and our goal is eventually to get it into Banker's Life Fieldhouse. That's our goal, but it's going to start right here next, next October or November. But anyway, we're doing this conference, and it was our third year of doing the conference, and there was 3,000 young people there, just on fire for God. You can imagine. I mean, we bring in the top speakers. I mean, Jensen Franklin, like all these top voices, uh, to our generation, and, and we would bring in bands and artists like Lecrae and Andy Minnie, like all the, all the top artists that the kids are into, we would bring them in and we put on a three-day conference. And it grew. We started it in, in 2007, and then it grew to a place where we had to move it out of our gym in 2011. We went from a gym packing out over a 1,000 kids in this gym, and then our pastor said, listen, you can't host it in there. You've got to go to the big house which was the 3,500-seater auditorium that we had at the church. And so in 2011, we moved it there. And then 2011, it was awesome. We had 1,500 kids show up the first year. The second year, we had 2,000. Then in 2013, we had 3,000 youth, young adults, youth pastors, pastors from the region show up. And here I am, my wife and I, were running this conference, and it was an $85,000 conference for three days you talk about pressure. You talk about just stress. And, 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 and if you know my wife, like, she is the organizer of organize, organization. Like, her and God talk a lot, and she, anyway. Um, I was going to say something else, but anyway. Um, she is just amazing, and she would, she would run a lot of this, but then I would hand, handle a lot of the weight as well. And here I am. It was the last day. And the place is going crazy. Hundreds of youth have got saved. I mean, powerful services. And and here I am, something that has never happened to me in my entire life happened to me that day. And I started to be out of breath. I started to freak out. And I had an anxiety attack right there. Here I am, my buddies from all over the country, youth pastors that look up to me, that, that are coming there to learn. Here they're all around me, and I have an anxiety attack because I was freaking out, because I didn't think I was gonna make budget of $85,000, and I was gonna have to walk into the accounting office on Monday, and I was gonna get some words thrown at me, because I didn't make budget. And I was nervous, and, I, and they rushed me to the ER. And I'll never forget it, the doctor came, and he's like, what's going on? And my wife's telling him what's, what's happening, and he's like, well, you had an anxiety attack from the stress and the pressure of this conference, and it's attacking your body. I mean, I couldn't breathe, I was, I, I just felt, Some of you can identify. You know what I'm talking about. and I've never had to happen. And so here I am, a mountaintop moment in my life, something I dreamed of for years. I was youth pastoring here in this church in 2000. In in 1999, Tara and I took over the youth. We had nine kids, and we took them to Muncie, Indiana, and seen this guy, Ron loose and Acquire the Fire, and it was a dream of mine. Man, God, if you could ever use me. Here I am, my dream coming to fruition, and I have an anxiety attack because I'm worried and all the pressure. So on one moment, I'm in the mountaintop, and the next moment, I'm in the valley. I don't know if you can identify with me, but unfortunately, some of you can, and right now, that's where you find yourself. You, you, your marriage is good, but your kids are making some wrong decisions, right? Marriage is going great. It's on the mountaintop, but kids are acting cray-cray right now. Some of you, you feel as close to God as you ever felt, but you feel like your job is just, it, 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 it's just up and down. I may lose it. I don't know if I'll have it next year, right? So mountaintop, valley, mountaintop, valley. Some of you, you're excited about Christmas, and you've been putting on a smile for everybody, but really, you just received the worst news of your life about a family member, that has cancer. And so you're on a mountaintop, but you're in a valley. So, so, some of you, you, you this, is, this is a hard year for you because that loved one, that person is not here this Christmas. And for you, you have all these memories and all these emotions coming up and you want to be happy for your family and your kids. It's Christmas, most wonderful time of the year, but yet someone's absent at the table. Someone's not there. And, and, and that's hard for us. To navigate through. And so there can be so many good things happening in our life, but then there's these like one or two things that take us down into the valley. So my question today is, where is God in the valley? Well, I want to know where is God in the valley? Now, scriptures show us all throughout the Bible that valleys represent several different things. Valleys represent a place where battles took place, If you look through the Old Testament, you see many of the battles in the Old Testament were fought in the valleys. Valleys represent a place of desperation, a place of loneliness. Valleys represent a place of insecurity. They were very dangerous in those days. Valleys were very dangerous. People would get robbed in the valleys. They were the dark place Trees everywhere people could hide and people would get robbed in the valley. But valleys were also known as a place of growth. Think about it. The water that would come from heaven, the rain would come from heaven. It hit the top of the mountain and that water would go all the way down that mountain into the valley. The richest soil in those days was found in the valley, not on the mountaintop. Stay with me here. We're laying a foundation. The richest soil, the farmers knew, we need to plant seed in the valley, not on the mountaintop. Why? Because the valley would produce the greatest harvest to that farmer, greater than the mountaintop because the water and all the nutrients would flow down to that valley and it'd be green, it'd be lush, and then you could maximize your harvest if you would plant in the valley. Hmm. For our lives, our greatest opportunities of growth are found in the valley. I know it's probably not something you want to hear, but it's the truth that growth takes place. Our faith grows more in the valley than on the mountain. Wisdom for our life is caught in the valley, not on the mountaintop. Your relationship with God grows more when there is a high dependence on God in the valley not when everything's going good on the mountaintop. Now, I know as human nature, we all want the feel good moments. We all want that feel good. I'm on, everything's going good. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Everything's lined up in my life. But that's not always a reality. And here's the thought I want us to circle around today it's this we may enjoy God on the mountaintops but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops. I'm for the celebration. I'm for all the great things God has done in this church and in my life, but we really get to know God intimately in the valley of our lives, in the valley. Look at Psalms 84, verse 5 through 7. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca. Someone say Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. need you to understand something about this valley called Baca that David writes about in the book of Psalms. It's We find this valley all throughout the Old Testament, and um, in this valley, it was common in the Valley of Baca to find these certain trees that would ooze out sap, and it would cause the branches and the leaves to kind of bend over as if the tree looked like it had tears on it, like it was weeping, it was crying. And so the branches would bend over, and it looked like it was weeping. So throughout the Bible, we see this valley show up in a lot of different scriptures, and it's, it's translated in different ways. Um, it's called the Valley of Baca, but other scriptures would call it the Valley of Sorrow. And then in another scripture, it called it the Valley of Weeping. Another scripture, it called it the Valley of Loss. So this was this valley of Baca, and it was it, it was a valley known in the Bible. It was a valley known as having this weeping tree, a valley of sorrow. And can I submit to you, church, that we often find ourselves in our own valley of Baca. We often find ourselves in a place of sorrow. We often find ourselves in a place of weeping, but there's good news for you. In verse 5, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Not in yourself, but David is talking about blessed whose strength is found in God. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Now, Now, I understand today that some of you in here are not followers of Christ. And here's the thing. If you don't know God intimately, then chances are there are times when you say this, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm overwhelmed. I am exhausted. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough patience to make it through this. I'm done. And the truth is, if you don't know God intimately, then what you have is all you have. The truth is, if you don't know God in a personal, on a personal level, then what you have to make it through your valley is all you have. It's, it, it's all you have. But for those who are Christ followers, we believe that we have a strength that goes far beyond what we have. We believe that there is a supernatural power that we can tap into, that we can trust, that we can cling to when we find our lives in the valley of Baca. The place of sorrow, the place of weeping. We believe that we have access to a heavenly strength. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in God. You see, we believe that when we get to the end of our strength, we tap into the beginning of God's strength. So if you find yourself right now saying, Jake, I'm there, I'm in this valley you're talking about. I don't know what else to do in my marriage, with my finances, I don't, my kids, my job. I don't know what else to do. When you come to the end of your strength, you, my friend, can tap into the beginning of the strength of God, and you can make it through the valley. You were created to depend upon God. And here's the problem. Here's the problem in our culture. We idolize a spirit of independence. Yeah. I'm going to do me. That's what they say. That's what the rappers say. (laughs) That's what Hollywood says. I'm good all by myself. That's what your dad taught you. Don't worry about nobody but yourself. That's a lie. I'm going to do me. And we've, we've idolized the spirit of Independence. When we find ourselves in the valley between a rock and a hard place, come on. When we find ourselves searching for strength, we don't know what to tap into. Because when we come to the end of ourselves, that's it. But when we follow Christ and we believe that there is a power that is greater than us, We believe that when we find ourselves in the Valley of Baca, when we find ourselves lonely, when we find ourselves searching, we believe that our total dependence is in God and God alone. He'll see us through. He'll see us through. It doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own. You can't do life on your own. The truth be told, that's why you're here today. You realize, I can't do this. I can't parent on my own. No, you can't be done adulting. No, you can't be done parenting. It's cute on Facebook, but you can't be done. It, you can't be done, and, and that's why you're here, because you need something greater to help you through the valley of your life. You need a supernatural power that you can tap into. You need a God that's bigger than your valley. I've totally learned this. I've totally learned this. Listen to this. I've learned this, that I draw my greatest strength from my greatest battles. Yep. My greatest strength has came from my greatest battles. Because from the greatest battles have come the greatest victories in my life. From the greatest battles have come the greatest victories in my life. Are you with me today? Someone say, Emmanuel. God is with me. Psalms 84, verse 5, look at it. It says, for what joy those whose strength comes from the Lord? Notice who the strength comes from. Yeah, when you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of God's strength. Stop trying to do life on it. Stop trying to beat that addiction on your own. That's for somebody right there. Let's take a pit stop. Stop trying to conquer that addiction on your own. You have no power to beat that addiction on your own. You need the power of Christ to overcome pornography, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. You need the power of Christ to break that yoke, to destroy that yoke and lift that burden. Quit trying the five steps. I'm all for it. Do, do that. But you need something greater. You need a power from on high that can destroy that thing off of your neck. Back to our journey. It says, those... Strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on what? On a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I love this. I love this. So you got the Valley of Baca. And it says you're walking through the Valley of Baca, but but your eyes are set. You're on a pilgrimage. You're on a journey. Your eyes are set on Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? Well, it's the city of refuge. It's the city of peace. It's God's holy city. And all around Jerusalem, my dad and I went to uh, Israel years ago, all around Jerusalem is mountains and valleys. And in order to get to Jerusalem, you got to go through a valley in order to get there. And so I love this scripture because it's saying, David is saying, listen, your strength comes from God and you got to set your mind on God's holy city. You got to set your mind on the city of refuge, the city of peace. Uh, You must go through the valley in order to get to the city of refuge. But you gotta set your mind on it. You gotta get your mind right. Hit your neighbor and say, get your mind right. So we may be in the valley, but we're going to the city of peace. We're going to the city of peace. You see, to get to the city of refuge, you have to travel through the valley of tears. For so many, the valley that you're in is the pathway to your peace. Peace. Now I came to preach. That was introduction. I have seven minutes and 54 seconds left to scream. I'm just kidding. You you see, you see, we have to learn to set our minds on God when we're in the valley. You see, your current circumstances may be in the valley, but your mind can be fixed on God. Meaning you may be in the storm, but your mind has already got you out of the storm. It may, you may be in the midst of chaos and confusion, but you have your eyes set on the city of refuge. You say, as David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? My God is with me. His rod and his staff, they come me. Check this out. He said, he said this, even in the valley, God, you're preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So even my haters are going to see me walk through the valley. They're going to see me with the victory. They're going to see me triumphant in Christ. Haters pull up a seat. We about to dine at the table. We about to dine at the table for all the people who said you couldn't make it for all the people who said your marriage will never last for all the people who said you are a mistake. You're a mistake. You're a mistake. Pull up a table. We about to dine with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Said the pain, it hurts me, though, in the valley. I know, but fix your mind on him. You say, my heart is anxious, but fix your mind on, get your mind right. Get your mind right in the valley. But my soul is hurting, I know, but fix your mind on him. But my marriage has been shaken, but fix your mind on him. Fix your mind on him. Emmanuel, God is with me. He's with me. He's with me in the valley. Look at verse six. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Very important piece of information in this text. It says, as they pass through. You see, for some of you, you've camped out in the valley. Put up a pop tent. you got a fire going, and you're making s'mores. And God never intended you To camp out in the valley, he intended you to pass through. Yeah. He intended you to keep walking. He didn't intend you to stay there. You're passing through the valley of Baca. You may be in the valley now, but the valley is not your destination. No, you're just passing through. I'm on a journey and I'm passing through this. It ain't always gonna. Be like this. I'm passing through this. Money ain't going to be wrong all the time. I'm passing through this. Wifey ain't always going to be acting crazy. We passing through this. If you're a a man and your wife is sitting next to you and you said amen, we're praying for you later in the basement. Because it's going to be rough when you get home. Just say, in Christmas, the Grinch may show up. That's what I love about David. David found himself. Look at David, man. The valleys he went through. Hated by his brothers. His brothers mocked him, laughed at him. So David's dad put him off to the sheep. Take care of the sheep, David. He was the youngest out of eight brothers. And they take, put him over there They laughed at him while his brothers were getting trained in the military and buff and tough. And here's David cleaning up sheep poop as a teenager. David found himself in the valley. David made mistakes that found himself in the valley. David committed adultery, cheated on his wife, and had the dude killed, right, Who, whose wife he slept with. Talk about Jerry Springer messed up. Jerry Springer ain't got nothing on the Old Testament. Amen. <laughs> it, nothing. Nothing. And so here's David, finds himself in the valley, repents, and comes back. And then the scriptures say that that God says, David is a man after my own heart. What? David, you a screw up. But God says, he's a man after my own heart. And David said, I've walked through many valleys that have cast the shadow of death. He said, yea, though I walked through. He said, I was walking through. And it felt like death was upon me. It felt like my marriage was about today. It, like it felt like life was all around me dying. But David said, I, I, I'm walking through this thing. I'm walking through it with God. Surely goodness and mercy are with me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David said, even if I make my bed next to hell, God, you are there with me. And I don't care what you do outside of these walls. God is there with you in the good and the bad. How do you like that? That'll mess up somebody's theology. Because some churches say God leaves you when you mess up. No, that's not, I don't find that in that Bible. He is with you even to the ends of the earth. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Where are you at today? Are you in a valley? It says I'm passing through. I, I can hear someone saying, I just want out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like 10 years, 30 years. I want out of this valley. What are you talking about, preacher? Um, The way is through the valley, not out of the valley. I want to preach this how the Lord gave it to me, (laughs) but I'm afraid I'll start running around here, scaring people. My Pentecostal roots will come out. The, The way is through the valley, not out of the valley. There's a reason you're in the valley. There's a reason. The greatest harvest for the seed is found in the richest soil. The richest soil is found in the valley. God's trying to do a work in you so he can then do a work through you. And you're trying to get out. You're trying to jump ship. You're trying to say, God, I I can't make it. Yes, you can. You were built for the storm. You were built to pass through this valley. See, 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 we we all enjoy God on the mountaintop. We all love it. We all love the mountaintop moments with God when everything's going great, but we get to know him intimately when we're in the valley. And see, for some of you, it just needs to be a perspective change because God's trying to do something in you and you're resisting. You're in the valley saying, I want out, and God's saying, no, I'm trying to build your character. I'm trying to put some integrity that was absent in, in your life growing up that your dad didn't have. I'm trying to show you what it means to be a follower of Christ. I'm trying to show you what it means to have character. I'm trying to take you through this so that your light can shine for other people, so that your story can bring me glory. I'm, I'm trying to deposit some things in you, and you're resisting saying, I want out. No, you just got to keep walking through and let God define your character and let God mold and shape your mind and, and let him clean out some things of the past because There's nothing like God when he gets involved and begins to clean up our minds and clean up our hearts and and take the trash out of our soul. There's nothing like it. We're trying to resist, and God's saying, no, no, this is all part of the plan. This is all part of the plan. Stay seated and keep your seatbelt fastened until the ride is over. Oh, some of you. So stay, quit trying to get out of the ride when we're at the top, when we're in the bottom, we're in the valley. Quit trying to jump shit. stay seated until it's over. It's all part of God's plan. You see, God never promised you wouldn't have to go through the valley, but he did promise you'll never go through it alone. You'll never go through it alone. He said, I'll be there with you. Emmanuel, God. With us, I'm so thankful that God sent part of heaven down to earth to be born of a virgin. Emmanuel, God with us. He said, this baby is part of me, and he'll be with you, and he'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. And so you may find yourself in the darkest place of your life, and maybe 2017 didn't turn out the way you thought it would. From January 2017, you had dreams and visions and ambitions, and you're just like, this was the crappiest year ever. Maybe it's been a dark year for you, and maybe loved ones have gone have gone on to glory, and maybe it's been the biggest storm of your life, and maybe you feel the weakest right now. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you in the valley to trust in God that he is there with you. I want to encourage you to tap into his strength and quit trying to do it on your own. I want to encourage you that his promise is greater than your pain. I want to encourage you that his peace is with you in the storm. I want to encourage you that his joy is with you in troubled times. I want to encourage you that when you're weak, that's when you're at your greatest strength, when you tap into his power. Oh, come on. Paul said, "Uh, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. What? What does that mean, Paul? It means I come to the end of myself, and I tap into the strength of God. To get me through the valley of Baca. When you're at your darkest time, God is at his brightest time. God is at his brightest time. God does the greatest work in our lives in the dark moments of our life. I'm reminded that back in the day when we had cameras and you would take the film to the Walmart. And you would get film developed. You would take it there. And it would go through a process. Called the dark room. In order to see the beautiful landscape. Of the smoky mountains. In order to see. The beautiful ocean. In Florida. That those negatives. Had to go through a process. Called the dark room. And certain chemicals had to be poured on those negatives. In order for those beautiful snow-capped mountains to shine and glimmer in order for that beautiful family portrait to make you look like you lost 20 pounds, it had to go through the process of the dark room. And sometimes, sometimes God takes the negatives of our life and he takes us through this process called the dark room so something beautiful could come forth, so something wonderful could come forth out of our lives. And it's a hard process and it's uncomfortable, but God is with us in the dark moments of our life. Emmanuel, God with us. Ushers come very quickly. The ushers are handing every person one of these. Please do not break it. Please do not shake it. Until I give you instructions, hand stacks of them down the aisles, guys. Everybody get one, please. Thank you. This glow stick here that you have in your hand, it represents your life. It represents your life for this moment, for this message. I pray you'll take this and it'll be a memory of this message that God spoke to you. When you lead this place. But as I was ordering these glow sticks. Two days ago on Amazon. <laughs> thank you Jesus for Amazon Prime. See when I get inspiration last minute. I thank God for Amazon Prime. God is good. I read in the description of the glow stick. Make sure everybody has one. I read in the description of the glow stick, it said, in order to receive the maximum light exposure from the glow stick, the glow stick must be shaken and it must be broken. In order to get the full exposure of light, it said, shake it rapidly and break it in order for the light to come forth, in order for the light to come forth. Like this glow stick, sometimes in our life we got to be shaken. God takes us through a shaking. Some of you are feeling it. It's kind of like the feeling… I don't know what this feels like, but pregnant women do when, pregnant, when clothes don't fit. For some of you, the friends don't fit. For some of you, the lifestyle you lived before doesn't fit, and God is shaking you. The places you used to hang at don't fit. The movies you used to watch don't fit. It's not edifying you, and you feel different. You're like, what is this? God is shaking you. God is sh- the music you used to listen doesn't fit. The negative messages don't fit. And so you're feeling this shaking. You're wondering, what is it? Well, I don't understand. It doesn't fit. And then there's moments in the valley when we go through brokenness. When our life feels like it's in pieces, when our life feels like it can never be repaired, God, are you even real? Do you even exist? Because I don't, I don't understand why I should go through this. Why do I have to go through this? I feel so broken. But in order for your light to shine at the maximum exposure, you have to be shaken and you have to be broken. Go ahead and shake it. And then let's break them all. And I want you to hold it up. Hold it in the air. I want you to hold it in the air. I want you to realize today, church, the breaking in your life, the breaking in your valley. Listen to me right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking to each and every one of us. The breaking that you're experiencing just means that there is breakthrough near. Just means that there is a breakthrough near in your life, in your marriage, in your finances. God is not finished writing your story. Don't you dare give up in the valley. Don't you dare quit in the valley. Just because you had one bad chapter doesn't mean God is done. He's still writing your story. Don't you dare give up in the valley. Turn the page turn the page and watch god write a beautiful story of your life in the name of jesus come on
1: hey thanks for listening today and maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from god today maybe life is throwing you a curveball you've taken some wrong turns you've messed up i'm here to tell you about god's love for your life you know it's real and it's for you and and no matter what you've done no matter where you've gone God is there. His love is unconditional, and and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life change me in jesus name it's simple as that and i encourage you find a good local church if if you can get to fuel church get here god is moving god is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here but find a good church where you can grow in god until next time god bless you have a great week